हेलो एवरीवन टू अट अनदर एपिसोड इन द प्रेशियस स्टोन मीटिंग मिस्टर होम्स लेटर दैट नाइट एज आई वाज सिटिंग इन माय रूम आई हैड अ रिक्वेस्ट फ्रॉम मिस्टर होम्स टू विजिट हिम इन हिज रूम I gladly accepted it and came downstairs. The second floor seemed to just have been reduced to a very small space. The only area available in the lobby is near the staircase. The rest of it was overtaken by the premises of Mr. Holmes' living quarters. As I entered, the sight was more magnificent than I first thought it to be. Mr. Holmes was nowhere to be seen, so I went in search of him. His door was at the center of the whole floor. On entering, the window in front of me was equivalent to three rooms. On the right, there was one room, which I guessed to be his lab, as the floor seemed to be quite thick and leveled, as if made of different materials. Beside this room was the first part of the living room. This segment had his library with books in a completely new order. Every alphabet had a shelf, every book in the most precise order. Then right in front of me was the sitting area with armchairs, one of them being quite new and the other quite used up. Then Going towards the left, you have what I assume to be his living quarters. Beside this, on the right, was the third segment of the living room. Now, this area has one of the most beautiful fireplaces I have ever seen in the coming years. It was beautifully stone carved, and the rocks were made of sandstone and red stone. If you ask me. It is quite a sight to behold in your eyes for a long time. Near the fireplace, there is a pile of wood and the fire chuck. I stood over there for a while, waiting for some kind of response. After a few minutes, Mr. Holmes came in from his living quarters. We sat in the armchairs. Then our pleasant evening brought us a new beginning. Holmes was silent in the beginning, as if he was recalling why I was present over there. This is what I thought. But after some time, he started speaking. He said, "My dear Paul, you seem to be very cautious and calm at the same moment. Tell me if I am wrong to say that you are an army doctor." who had a disturbing experience in the current war you seem to have operated on almost all type of injuries disease and patients you have a rich vocabulary and you are a great at keeping journals your library i presume is to be quite full with the splendid years of your life till date you seem to be writing and elaborating your thoughts before you came down to meet me You have kept your room well segmented, and your hands have been washed an hour ago. Saying this, he went silent. I, after hearing this, was completely caught off guard, and stopped for a while. 
But after some time, I asked him, "How dare you know? Where were you spying on me, or did someone tell you all about this?" On hearing this, Holmes had quite a good laugh. I guess he said. I didn't consider that you might be so brilliant along with being observant. Well, I wasn't spying on you, and nor did anyone tell me about you or your room. I just deduced it from you. I said, "Well, then you might be in the profession of a mentalist, or maybe comparing yourself with the fictional character." Mr. Sherlock Holmes of Arthur Conan Doyle. He laughed and said, "My dear Pauls, for a very long time, my family has been copying the lifestyle of the fictional character. I, in order of my siblings, fall under the title of the renowned Mr. Sherlock Holmes. For years, I trained myself to think, operate, and work like him in my life." On hearing this, I was quite surprised. I asked, "So, does my shifting, my meeting, and your reduction has any relation?" He said, "Well, no, but I guess with time that will be answered." I was delighted as well as curious. How does this man know about things that no one could have ever known? I asked him. So, how did you deduce your past deduction from me? He said, "My dear Paul, it's very elementary. Your posture is upright, and your senses are on high alert. During dinner, your method of eating was methodical and clean. You had a sturdy grip on your spoon and fork while cutting through the delicious chicken. Your way of walking and talking." Showed the rich vocabulary you have. The way Mrs. Hudson got along showed your clear mind and the charm that only a doctor might possess after operating on various operations. Your way of grooming showed that how you have been covering the wounds you got quite recently. The type of wound and action showed that you were from the military. And you have been disturbed from the recent war, as your gun is kept quite behind than generally people keep. So this shows that you are not intending to use or feel the grip of the gun, as it might bringing back your memories. During dinner, you are quiet for a while, which I guess to be from the coincidence of the people's name. So. That shows that you have kept a elaborate journal for collecting your mind, and your way of sitting now shows that you have been an author along the way. Then your hands show the marks of holding a pen for a long time. This explains that the fact that you were writing your journal before you come, and the impression was quite deeper than generally, so the hands might have been watched. So. That way, it's quite simple manner of observation. Your whole deduction is being done. On hearing this, I was shocked and laughed at the simplicity of his deduction. After this session, I had no longer any doubt regarding him 
being a duplicate of Sherlock Holmes. The evening might have been the day I was resurrected and given a new partner and friend. Well, Holmes is quite a person you might want to meet. He was around six feet tall, clear jawline, black hair, brown eyes, a well-groomed face and body, and was quite strong in his build. He was broad shoulders and his nails properly groomed. His thoughts were quite simple and precise. His imagination was one of the strongest of all. He could picture the events that he might have encountered or heard in his mind. So, in the next episode, see ya.